You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range, and A-Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, their ZDX is the most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League. I'm Robbie Musto and a special guest, Robbie has taken a weekend off, so we have Lee Dixon, our great friend from the UK, former Arsenal and England fullback, to join us, so that's great, so thanks for coming. My pleasure. Um, here are the topics that we're going to chat through on this podcast. Manchester United continue their sluggish start to the season with a 3-1 loss at home to Brighton, as questions of crisis arise at Eric, with, well, for Eric Ten Hag. Tottenham complete a thrilling comeback win against Sheffield United with Richarlison and Dejan Kulusevski playing heroes. Man City overcome a sluggish start against West Ham by scoring three second-half goals in a 3-1 win and Liverpool stretched out unbeaten streak to 16 consecutive games in a 3-1 comeback win over Wolves. That's what we've got coming up in today's episode. All right, my friend, Lee First, Dixon. Firstly, I'd like to change the name. I want, uh, why is my name up there? Oh, it is on the... I, it's on want, the, I want the Robbie and Lee podcast this week. Robbie's not yeah, here, so I want to be involved Sorry. in the heading. Yeah, the Robbie and Lee, the, the Musto it? Dixon. I don't know, how can we make something? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so the first game we've got here on our little list is Manchester United 1, Brighton 3. Now, to be fair, it's in the game window on Saturday when there's a ton of games going on. Yeah. Um, but I think, the we, we of course, we get a look at all of them highlights-wise and we've got a little bit of the games here. You know, this, this Manchester United story, Lee... Um, where, where where do you sit with what's going on at Man United, mm. given the kind of the issues around the club, particularly off the, off the back of last year's successful season, final of the FA Cup, got they won the Carabao Cup, yeah. they, they finished third in the Premier League. You know, it's such a big drop off. Is it connected to the drama with certain players mm. that, that are no longer at the moment playing for the team? Hundred percent. I think I, I don't think you can separate the two. I think the performances. So far this season have been disappointing. There's no doubt about that. I think every single week we seem to pick the papers up and there'll be something going on behind the scenes. It's not ideal. Mm. Um, and you know what it's like, Rob, being in a football club. Any little thing that you can use as a player as an excuse, and I'm not saying they're going around going, oh, this is happening, so we'll play bad on purpose. But there, is, there comes a point where distractions start to affect what's going on. Mm not only on a Saturday or a Sunday, but also in training, there's distractions. You need to, you know, playing at a, a pretty high level that you go from Monday to Friday prepping for a game for the Saturday. And I, I'm just speaking for myself. I had to be fully concentrated for all those times I was on the training pitch because it was part but, but of it being... Wouldn't, it wouldn't throw you off, would it? I'm not sure it'd throw me off. No, I'm not saying that's not the same with the whole team. I, I, I think I can still focus on my performance, Lee, when I cross the white line. But I'm not saying it's the same for every player like that. No, no but by you saying that, then you've got to go through, what, one, two, three, maybe four or five of your players, teammates, mm. being suspended, being sent home from training because you're not training properly, um, details of, of things in their private lives coming out left, right and centre. Mm, mm. And then the ownership, uh, whatever, Continues debacle, be, whatever's yeah. going on there. All mm. of that stuff, it all, it all adds to... Of course, we'd like to say... I, I've never had... I've had lots of things going on when I was playing at Arsenal. Different things here and there. Tony Adams have been problems with alcohol. Mm. Um, discipline issues on the pitch where we got docked two points for a, a brawl at Man United, all of that sort of stuff. Um, but not as I mean, it's week after week something's happening in United. Mm. So I think you're a bit of a tough cookie if you can say, do you know what? I don't think it affect me it's mm. because we're on the outside looking in. Mm. It's difficult, and and also the social media pressure of, of and the club they're playing for, the biggest club in the in the world in my book. It's 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 an absolute um, well. It, it I think for Eric Ten Hag to actually concentrate on the football is almost impossible. Okay, so that that being said, you know, I, 
you know, I, I can run down the list at the start of this game, and I know there's players that are out right now, suspended or away from the club, disagreements, whatever. I still think it's a pretty strong lineup. So what you're saying then, just to continue that, mm. is that it, Eric Ten Hag's hands are tied in some ways, and it's too difficult a situation around the club with all the issues there for even him that's been really appreciated at his time at Manchester United and how he's trying to turn this thing yeah. around. It's even for him, not acceptable, but understandably. Yeah. And so this is understandable, is it, that, that they are, while well, they're in the league table now, they're like you know, struggling in the, league, in the league table, you know, awful at the moment. I'm not trying to give them an out, but... I know what you're saying. Where's, where's, where's it, when's it going to change then? Well, I, I we thought we'd seen the last of it um, recently and then something else pops up. Now there's two issues off the pitch. But the, the, it's not just going on off the pitch. I think the way, where, the way that they played against Brighton, we you know, we were watching the game and how mm. the players seemed so disjointed. They were playing against probably the worst team you could play against in a crisis, playing against Brighton, mm. who were coming, who've got no fear about anybody right now, mm. coming to Old Trafford where the pressure's on the home team, pressure's on Man United to actually perform like it is always. Mm. But extra pressure now because Ten Hag needs a win and he needs to just lift the whole place. And then Brighton come to town and absolutely rip you to pieces. Mm. And that's what's happening. So the football on the, on the pitch is a debacle at, at, at best. And what's going on off the pitch, and you put that all in there and then you go, and you're under the scrutiny from the media like you are, like we're talking about them now, like everybody else is. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I bet he's not getting much sleep, mm. Eric Ten Hag, at the moment. Just from Manchester United fans' point of view, Lee, I mean, you know, we know they've had many years since Relic's gone and frustrations and stuff like that. You know, there was reports about booing when a substitution was made. I think Martial came off and Rashford yeah. stayed on. Or, no, Martial came on, didn't he, for, yeah. for Rasmus Hoyland? That's right. Yes. And I think the fans felt maybe Rashford should have gone off at that time. Yeah. The fans, will they be understanding as, as maybe what you are in terms of the situation, how difficult it is? Or are the fans going to, well, what can happen? Like, they're going to go through another manager, are they? How are the fans going to stay with the team in this difficult period. Well, that's where they're going to get tested as, as much as everybody else because they, the players and the team and Eric Ten Hag need the fans more than any mm. other time. Mm. And the football, ultimately, football fans are looking what they see in, in front of them. They're looking at performances. If they see the, the team giving everything and, and really scrapping for the badge, then you'll get away with stuff. I don't think they saw that at the weekend. I really don't think you you couldn't look at that United sign. You're going through the players in front of yeah, you. Yeah. I, I I slightly disagree with go when on, you when you go so, through so, them. And so, so okay, so our, our, so Lindelof is in for Varane right now. Okay, so that, that's a, a slight drop off. Lissandra Martinez has been an excellent defender for them. Bruno Fernandes is the captain. Um, whether you agree, I think he's an excellent player. Rashford's a star player from last year. Played his preferred position. Mm. Rasmus Hoyland's the new striker they brought into the club. You got Christian Eriksen, who's a lovely footballer. Regulong, okay, different. On he's on loan, isn't he? They've yeah. got him in late in the window for Luke Shaw's injury. Casemiro and what he's won in the game. Dallow, McTominay. So, what, where? Let me just go, on, go through the same list that you've gone, and obviously by saying now you said him, you you think that's quite go a good on. team. Not sure about the goalkeeper. He hasn't been there long enough. We're not seeing see, made see, made a few good saves. Yeah, Lindelof feel it's an upgrade, but, yeah, but Lindelof, I'm not sure he's good enough. Okay, still for Man United, Martinez. He's got pedigree and he's been a good defender since there. Bruno yeah. Fernandes, you, you say he's a good player. He is a good player. Throws his toys out at the bit. pram too Sometimes, many yeah. times. For my liking, when the, when the club need him, I don't trust him as a, a looking in from the outside. Rashford is up and down. You know, he's a brilliant footballer, but do you always get what you expect from him every week? No, you, no, don't. you don't. I agree with that. Eric, uh, Christian Eriksen, I love him to bits. Don't think he can run about enough in midfield. Casemiro's on, the, on that wavelength as well. I think he's past his best. Uh, Regalon, as you said. Dallow's not good enough in my book to play for Man United. Scott McTominay, they're trying to get him out the door. Not Doesn't look so good no, now, does it? No, it doesn't. No, but, in terms, but from their point of view, that's a squad that they've got. I'm just saying there isn't that many others to come in. I know no. I mean, Anthony hasn't done particularly great things on the right-hand side. Um, Jaden Sancho's generally been disappointing some moments of it so yeah whichever way you look at it they they I, I think they would feel that they've got a good squad there and it's a decent team out but like you're saying actually not really no, I think I, even honestly, last year Deco even with last year's 
They had a good season I, I, last year. I think they overperformed last year. I do from okay. what they. Had. But if you if you look if you were sitting in that Brighton dressing room before the game, and that team sheet came in, I mean, in all mm. honesty, and I'm not. I'm There's not a few bashing players on Man there. United. No. I'm just going, we're going to Old Trafford, which is normally just, you know, a hellish place to go and play with that crowd and all. I'm looking at that team as it goes on that board and I'm going to the Brighton. I'm sitting there going, we've got a hell of a chance today. <laughs> and sure enough, they yeah. ripped them to pieces. They did. They did. I mean, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, again, Brighton fans out there listening or watching, you've got to understand the appreciation we've got oh, for this team. Absolutely. I love, I, mean, I love what the manager's doing there. I liked him from the first few games, what I saw he's doing. And, and you hear stories from some of the players about his training session, the detail and mm. everything else, and how passionate he is. And every kind of play is almost choreographed is maybe as much as we've ever seen in, yeah. in football. So I think there definitely is a podcast for you to have with that manager, he's right oh, up gosh. your street, oh, isn't he? You'd love to have I'm a not little sure half an hour with him, wouldn't you? Handle him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was Manchester United's woes and brilliant for Brighton uh, and Avabim. Now, another team um, very close to your heart, Lee Dixon. Do Tottenham, we have to talk about Tot- this? Tottenham Hotspur 2, Sheffield United 1. Again, same window, game window. Yeah. I mean, it all happened, didn't it, late in the game? And Richarlison, is, I guess, is the story. Um, uh, so let's quickly go him, then we'll go to Spurs on a bigger picture. Richarlison, Lee, and this is an interesting one because we know he's an emotional player, right? Yeah. And, and um, I, 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 we had a quick chat about it. I'm not necessarily. I don't. I'm not. I don't think it's great to be an emotional player. To be honest with you, yeah. I want a. I want a purposeful. I want a focused player that that somewhat keeps himself on an even yeah. keel. And again, everybody's different. So you know what I'm saying is is the ideal. But I understand that people are very different. Firstly, what do you feel about Richarlison, Lee? C- can he be? an effective, regular scorer for Spurs. We all know about Harry Kane and trying mm. to find those goals. Is Richarlison it? Can he be it? Well, I think, that, you know, it's no secret that he's had some mental health issues that have been talked about over the last week or so. And obviously, we we hope he's he's OK with yeah. that. He's he was a crying. psychologist. He, he, the, the bench, yeah. he got the bench for Brazil yeah. and he was in tears and he's, on the bench. Yeah. And he's getting the help of a psychologist yeah. and all of that. And so... He's come back into the team at his best. He's almost yeah. unplayable. Like, he yeah, plays up like front for best. Brazil. I know. You know, he's their number nine. He can't be that bad. You know, but you don't see enough of him uh, at his best, and that will be down to his emotion because you you know you've played in teams where you've got a little bit of a maverick, and you go, "Oh, this lad, he can win us any game we play in." But then you're kind of looking at him for seventy five percent of the games he plays in, going. Is it, he's a liability or he's, he's not quite doing enough. So I think he's one of them. I'm not saying that he's, um, you only get 70, 25% out of him, but in order for him to be positioned in the place where he is at now as Tottenham's number nine, replacing Harry Kane type thing, mm. you've, got, you've got to be churning goals out every week and week in and week out. So he's got to level himself off however he does that in order to get the performances to be regular. Mm. And I don't think, as you said if you're up and down emotionally, that you can keep control of where you need yeah. to be as a pro footballer, yeah. locked into that seven, six, seven out of ten every week and then build on that. That's what yeah. I used to do. I used to go, right, if I get six or seven out of ten, everybody knows what I'm going to be doing at right back. That's good enough. And then the odd week, I'll get eight out of ten, on back to seven, mm. eight out of ten, back to but everyone, well, Lee Dixon's playing. He's going to get mm. the, you're going to get that from him, mm. and you need you need players that are going to give you ten and five, ten and five, because they win you games. Yeah. I didn't win many games, no, so either. you know what I mean. You, but he's certainly got the ability, Rob. Mm. There's no doubt. Now, Ange Postecoglou, Lee was you know I think a few people were a little underwhelmed about his appointment at Tottenham mm-hmm. on the back. Were of you? Antonio. I I I wasn't because no. I've got good friends that support Celtic. Up in Scotland, up in Glasgow. Wow, you have uh, friends. That's I got some friends, yeah, one. not many of them. Um, but he's a Celtic, and he said, Premier League's going to come for this guy. He said this uh, at least 12 months ago. Right. Premier League's going to come for this I guy. I like him. Okay. So, of course, then I watch a few of their games. I read more about him. I listen to, this is all in the, in the summer, getting ready for him to come. And I'm like, wow, this guy, he can talk. Like, he's a brilliant, brilliant talker. Super humble, likeable, honest straightforward, plain talking, cares about everything and the fans. I, he just says all the right things. And the football was always exciting to me, Lee. But the mm-hmm. first game, I remember we, we came into studio at halftime. I can't remember. My memory's gone now. But I remember it being a bit crazy. And I said, to, and, and uh, Rebecca said to me, what do you make to that? I said, it was wild. It was <laughs> wild. Because they threw everybody forward. There was goals going in both ends. And I just said, oh, I don't know about that in the Premier League. And teams will yeah. use those spaces given. So far, they've got a brilliant record. They're right towards the top end of the league table. 
Um, earlier yet, what, what are you thinking to Ange Ball? Well, I, I agree with you about being excited, apart from it being Tottenham, obviously, about being excited coming to the Premier League because I, I liked what I'd seen, when, what right. the games I'd seen at Celtic. Mm. Um, and, I, and I agree with you, brilliant communicator. And I think when you've got a communicator that you listen to... It's half the battle, Ian. Yeah, you listen to him and you go, he talks He talks my language. Right. I can understand right. going in my ears. Yeah. It, makes it makes sense, sense. to me. Yeah. And he's one of them. And, I, and there's a few managers around like that. Some of them I don't quite understand. And that's not to mean that they're wrong. It just means I'm not on their wavelength. Right. And he, I would like to play for him. Like it's one an of them. on that. Sorry on that again. Like, yeah. like some managers I feel talk like they're saying what they feel they should say. Yeah. Or they're saying stuff not to give anything away. I think he just answers questions yeah. honestly and directly. Yeah, I do. I think he's, he's brilliant at that. And I think I, because it's Tottenham and I have a joke and I laugh and a joke with my mates and all this. Like, and I said it on set before we went on air yesterday. I said, Ange Ball won't last. You know, because I, I'm desperate for it not to. Um, but but there is, is there a tinge of you that, that thinks that? Um, Given the way the, your yeah, background, Lee, and the, and the structured teams that you played in, it is a bit, it's very no, unusual. Of course, of course. and the, the, there's an element of, of me kind of assessing it and going, like you did, you can't keep doing that, surely. And someone will find them out at some point, and they will get found out. But yeah. they've, got a, they've got something there now that they didn't have last year. Well, there's two things. They've lost Harry Kane. So they've all stepped up into that position and gone, wow, we need to do something. And also, they've got this freedom that they've been given and they're all going, wow. So that could last for a, for a right. while. And then you've got X number of points and all of a sudden the season becomes a lot more rosy and then you start winning games right. you perhaps shouldn't And the fans be. are behind Lee and yeah. everyone believes in it. And all the players feel, wow, something special is happening here, which I think is a really important thing in the dressing room. When, when things are going well... All of a sudden, everybody's at it. I mean, perhaps our midfield and Yves Basuma, yeah. that didn't get a sniff before. No. You know, Hyomin Son, that's gone from the outside, I think before Richarlison had been playing up in the middle the, the middle position. Um, it's an amazing story. And yeah. we'll, of course, watch it and see how it goes and see where the teams start to, to find the space that the fullbacks come inside. Yeah. Everybody runs forward. Uh, it's it a story. No, it won't, it won't last. last. <laughs> it won't last. But I'll tell you what. We, I mean, to be, be good fair, fun watching it. It was good fun watching this game. Yeah, and at the end, was. we're like, wow, they can't win from here. I mean, no. like one of the latest. Well, Tottenham, Tottenham had ever. so much possession in that game. And Sheffield United, you have to give them credit. They defended. Then they got themselves in front. But then the ending was just proper Ange ball to the... To the you know, to the end, and it was a, it was yeah. a brilliant watch. I know, and I and I, again, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to, to to finish on this, but I think when you think about that stadium with all those people that have been miserable a little bit the last couple of years, mm. and these late wins come about, it looks pretty fun in there, mate. Well, they'll be miserable next week because they're playing, <laughs> they're playing Arsenal. Arsenal. Oh gosh, what a game! <laughs> what a game that's going to be on uh, next Sunday. Of course, we'll cover that. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Um, brilliant. Okay, let's move on to the game that we did take a, a bit of a closer look at. Same game window. West Ham United, uh, of course, at home, hosted Manchester City. City come from behind. James Ward-Prowse scored a really nice goal, didn't he, Lee, in the yeah, um, first really half? Good. And then Man City, I thought, in the second half, mate. God, 
I mean, in terms of their precision football and their being at it and being creative and being patient and not giving anything away, how good were they in the second half? Yeah, I thought they, you know, it was a great game, wasn't it? We, you know, we watched the first half and I thought West Ham played really well. They gave them a load of problems. City looked a bit sloppy and and then, as you said, they went in, in the lead, West Ham, and then all of a sudden you, you just saw them, you know, they've got this, they've got this look in their eye, City, when they look around, they go, oh, we're in a bit of trouble here. What, right, OK, they can go another gears. gear, yeah, let's, let's just gear. go up a gear. And and that's even you know and also when they go up a gear they don't always use Harland to go up a gear he's still he's still ready to come at the back of it if they're really in trouble yeah. to get a couple yeah. of goals or score a hat trick so I think I think they they really showed a lot of pedigree yesterday of mm. not playing particularly well in the first half and then going right okay and open the throttle and then they when they when they purr like that they've got so many it must be so difficult to play against because you as a as a defender. You don't know who to pick up because no. their movement and their fluidity is just scary. Some of the goals, mate. Some of the yeah. goals at Bernardo Silva and the little flicking behind for him by Alvarez. Some some brilliant football. A couple of players I want to get a quick thought on. Of course, it's super early yet, but of course, there was a couple of late signings for City in the transfer window. Uh, Mateus Nunes came in from Wolverhampton Wanderers, came into the game as a sub, kind of late, so tough to judge him yet. But Jeremy Doku, yeah. this winger that can play right side, can play left side. He started on the left-hand side, I believe. Phil Foden was to the right. Is he going to be a fun player to watch this season? <laughs> well, he was yesterday. I mean, I'm not, <laughs> not so, for the fullbacks. Sue Fowl, don't think enjoyed watching yeah, him. Yeah. Um, but he's yeah. I, they keep un- unveiling these uh, players that they scout from around the world, the Kanjis and uh, the the players that other teams have looked at or are looking at. But they just seem to their their transfer policy about going to sign a player. They don't. I, I don't know what was going on with the Rice thing. It all seemed a bit muddy waters mm. to me but mm. most of the time you never really hear about who they're after and they just go bang done and, they, and they work yeah and they I go mean, there's wow there's been many players that haven't worked out at Man City no, for the they, big money they've got, a, they've got a brilliant scouting system and Pep should be um, applauded for that because I don't think he, I don't think he, they get the credit that they deserve because it just seems like it's a normal thing City go out and get they're not getting the best players. They're getting players that are going to be the best players when they get yeah, into their team. Yeah. And that's a that's a yeah. genius stroke. It really is. I just want to finish on a quick line with West Ham United, Rob. Mm-hmm. Uh, leave oh, don't call sorry, me Bob. sorry, Rob. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Erlen Haaland. So yeah. just, give me a, just give me a little bit of thoughts. Of him. Of course, he, get, he scores in the game. And, um, you know, he, he's a, you know, sometimes I look at him, Lee, and it's like he's, he's not involved, but then he's always getting chances in, in front of goal. Yeah. Just give us a little sense of what it might be like, you feel, to go up against him as a defender. Yeah, I think I've watched him a lot, and uh, as you have. And what, what stand, stands out for me is that people say he's not in the game and he hasn't touched the ball and he's done this. But what he's doing, all of that time where we're seeing him, not, he's got the centre-half, or whoever he's playing against, on like absolute 100% alert because they're so scared of him at any moment at any moment mm. so all of that nervous energy all of that physical energy because he's an absolute robot you know and he's strong yeah. and he's all the time the ball's going up to him and he's not necessarily in the game or he's getting passes he's making runs he's banging into you he's pulling your shirt he's making you on your toes he's look he makes you look at you where is he where is he what's he doing so if you're playing against somebody that's you know a bit low key and you can kind of have a ten yeah, minutes off, mm. you go. I've got a winger. I know I'm be- better than him. Whoever it is, whatever. And I can go right. And so you're not burning any energy off. You're just watching the game. Things are going on. The centre R's marking him in the, for seventy minutes. When you say he hasn't had a kick, they're exhausted and he hasn't really been in the game. That's what he does to people. Yeah. And then he goes bang, bang, scores two, yeah. scores a hat trick. And you think, where's that come from? It's come from nowhere. It hasn't. He's done all that work for those 70 minutes mm. in order to free up a little bit of space mm. to get the goal. And by that time, the centre-half's absolutely shot. He's, he drops his concentration. That's where he gets his goals. And it might be a time in the game late where teams have having to come out finally. Come yeah. out and play a little bit and they're expansive. And particularly this game with his goal. Oh, there we go. A little bit of space. Yeah. I can, I'm ready to jump into that space. be interesting. I don't know... That just come to me then, and I'm probably wrong, but it'd be interesting to see how many times he scored the first goal in mm. a game. I don't know what that. Yeah, I'm going to look, I look feel that like up. There's a lot that come later. Yeah, that, he misses he's, chances, Lee, doesn't he? he yeah, has, like, a lot of chances. It's almost really. like he, he, he kind of wears you down. He beats you up. He bullies you, and then he gets his goals at the end. I don't mm. know. We'll, we'll have a look mm. at that, Rob. Mm. Before we move on to the next game, I just wanted to. I'm not going to ask you to do it this weekend, Lee, but we always have an underappreciated performer. 
um, where we just kind of pick out somebody that, that not many people talk too much about, but yeah. we really appreciate what he does. And this week for me, it's James Ward-Prowse. Yeah. And, you know, lots talked about him with his set pieces, his corners and his free kicks and everything else. But I thought the goal that he scored, making a run into the box in midfield, diving head at the end was, was excellent and typical of a player that really is, he's underappreciated, isn't he? Like yeah. just, just for being a solid player, rarely gives the ball away, works, fills spaces, tracks runners, which I look for all the time for central midfield players and then manages, manages to get goals as well. So in terms of the whole weekend, I just think James yeah. Ward-Prowse deserves a mention. You know, David Moyes wanted him for a long, long time and there was thought about, oh, are we going to go this new director of football they've got there? Oh, let's go for somebody in Europe, a younger yeah. player. Moyes uh, persisted with him, got him, and um, and I want to give that to him. Do you want well, to I, I, compl- I completely agree. And I think we talked about it in, in the show yeah. yesterday about forget his free kicks and his set pieces. Just look at his tempo play, how he sets the tempo, his mm. passing. He's, he's moving into space. He's standing in space when he's there. He doesn't have to move. He's got a brain on him. He's really intelligent. Mm. And I think that run that you're talking about with, to get the goal, you know, that's an intelligent run. Yeah, he, he, he has to see that space. He has to wait his, wait his time. He doesn't go too early, otherwise he's seen. So all of that timing on those runs is, is down to his brain work, not his leg mm. work. Mm. And I think, and, and also, you know, and I, I forget at the top of my head, it's been a long weekend. But, oh, yeah. you know, when you look at the transfer fee, you kind of, that's underappreciated. Yeah, like, you go, go in for that. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't it was like a... extortionate. No. And no. I was like, God, he's, that's a good... We thought that's... there'd been more, I thought yeah. more clubs would have been trying Absolutely. to get Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So anyway, but it's unfortunately a loss for West Ham United. But again, Man City, perfect. The only team that's won all their games so far. Okay, next game. Wolverhampton Wanderers 3, Liverpool... Sorry, Wolverhampton Wanderers 1... Liverpool 3, it's been a long weekend. Yeah, it has been. Um, <laughs> let's briefly talk about this game. Um, it was a game of two halves, wasn't it? Again, I, yeah, it was. Well, I watched... Yeah, the, the, the second watched. half changed a lot, Lee, didn't it? With, yeah. with um, the, the system change, and made substitutions. Jurgen Klopp after a disappointing first half. Uh, he Chan Wang uh, scores in the first... In the eighth, seventh minute of the first yeah. half, and then they came roaring back with Gakpo, Robertson, and a, and a Bueno own goal. Is that the strength of, a, of Jurgen Klopp... Um, Twice yeah. I've called you Rob now. Is that, it's okay. Is that yellow, do I get a yellow card? Or? No, no, no. I just I, we're fighting. We're rolling around on the floor <laughs> in a minute. Um, no, it's okay. Talk to me about Klopp and how he changes around. Let's, let's well, sometimes, sometimes I think the managers we criticise them, and I've been critical of Arteta over you know the last season of making substitutions or not making substitutions when you think something should be done, and you know as. The managers we are, the expert managers we are, sitting in our uh, in our television studio making mm. these decisions. But I know how difficult. Well, I don't know how difficult it is, but it, it would be yeah. seemingly a lot yeah. more difficult where they are. And sometimes their substitution wins games. And, and Klopp at half time and his team talk, I think, would have been pivotal into why they went and changed. Because first half they were terrible, Rob. We, we they were all flat over the place, flat as, pancake, flat as anything, sloppy. Wolves, like they did against United when we did the first mm. game of the season, they yeah. played so well at, at, at Old Trafford and ended up losing. Um, Wolves really set about them and they were brilliant on the break. Uh, Neto was fantastic yeah, on that was, left-hand yeah. side. Yeah. Um, Cunha's chance, yeah, yeah. chance, it goes 2-0, it could be completely different. Yeah. And he knew something had to be done at, at half-time. And he's, you know, I don't know what his wages are, but they're pretty substantial in the million, tens of millions. And Probably, yeah. he's, he earned it because he... He made some decisions and he and he made, I don't know what he said at half-time, but he would have said to him, definitely that's not good enough. And whatever his method is, some, some as you know, some methods that managers use are very quiet. Wenger very rarely raised his voice. He didn't shout a lot. He just got us all to sit down and said, I think we should do this and that. And he's very calm. George Graham on the hand before him would be throwing teacups around. Kenny Dalglish got very animated, uh, animated. Yeah. Sir Alex Ferguson, I you know, with the hair dryer and all of that. So I don't know what sort of clock. I think Klopp's got a, sh- a shout in him. So I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah. a few harsh words were said at half time and second half they were kind of back to their. Mm. Although it was against the Wolves team trying to get back inside, that they were kind of back to back to their fluid best at at some points in that game. Luis Diaz came on, didn't he, at the break? Yeah. And then Darwin Nunez came on later on. Yeah. Just a couple of questions on you for, for different positions. Now, the midfield area, of course, has been a total change. So many players have left, so many have come in. I want a quick line on you from Alexis McAllister. Mm. And he's been playing the holding role, number six right yeah. now. And Endo is meant to be the Japanese uh, player, is meant to be for that spot at some yeah. point. McAllister, 
mixed so far yeah. for me. Like, mm. do, you, do you expect a little more as, as his career at Liverpool continues? I think you get, yeah, I think it'll get better. I think it's, and this is no disrespect, and it's, it's a difficult one saying this because he's won the World Cup. So, but it's not that's international football. It's not club football, mm. and it's not Liverpool. I'm not saying that Liverpool are a bigger club than Argentina. And what I'm saying is, it's a different prospect playing playing you week, week in week out, week yeah. out football, very high level, intense at level. Anfield, mm. and then away from home at Anfield, where Liverpool have got notoriety for going to these to away grounds and people going, God, Liverpool are here. All the fans out. are there, and it's it's amazing mm. because they're a huge football club, and and it, that takes a bit of getting used to. So I'm I'm going to give him a bit of slack and say okay. he's a good he's He's a really good he's footballer, a really good player. Yeah. and I think he, you know the system might not suit him right now, and then he'll you know come come to his his form when they get that right, whether that's um, a slight change in there and push, pushing him in a different position. Yeah. But he's he's quality player, and there's no doubt as he's got he's got that gong round his neck that proves that he's a good player, mm. World yeah. Cup winner. It's not yeah, a bad thing, I, is I it? I played with um, the Brazilian guy. His name was Branco at Middlesbrough, and he was about 45 when we bought him. It seemed like. <laughs> And, um, Same age as you yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. And uh, there was times in training he was awful, awful. Yeah. Couldn't give a couldn't give a monkey. He's walking around. He's at, in fact, there's one session he's kicking the cones around like being a real pain <laughs> in the backside. And any time he gave him stick, he used to go world Will champion, come, uh, world champion. That's all he had. Yeah. Is, I mean, it's a pretty good comeback. It's not a to bad be one. fair. Yeah. So, and of course, he's got that as well. Two more things to Liverpool. Yeah. Front line, quicker on on like so. Who's your front three? We know Mo Salah's locked in on right side. I'm thinking about Gakpo. Is it Gakpo? Is it, is it uh, Luis Diaz? Is it Jota? Is it Darwin Nunez? I like no, I, I've got a thing for Nunez. I think he's going right. to be... I do too. I think he's going to be good. Even uh, though he gets an, he misses yeah, a lot. Yeah. I don't mind. Uh, I no. do mind he misses, but it's like he, it's good that he gets those yeah, positions. I, I do, and I, and I like Gakpo as well. But I also like... Um, who's the other one you mentioned? It's been a long weekend. It's Diogo Jota? No. Uh, Luis Diaz. Yeah, Diaz. Diaz has got to be left, hasn't he? Diaz, in terms yeah. of the left side. So, you, so, so, you so Diaz, on Diaz Nunes, Salah. Salah. That's yeah. what I'd go. But, uh, the, you know, like all good sides, you've got to be able to mix it about a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, I think when Mane left, there was a there was a big hole to be filled, wasn't there? And it was like, have they filled it yet? Yeah. And, I was, you know... The, Diaz the, looked pretty good, didn't he? Oh, Straight yes. away, Luis Diaz looked yeah. pretty good. Be interested to see if he gets a run in the side rather than coming off the bench and he gets a run and goes, right, you're so. going to play every week. I think so. going to play every week. Yeah. Brilliant. It would be remiss of me, Lee Dixon. Yes. Of not to bring up this, this next topic oh, because no. I'm fascinated. You probably know what it's going to be already. Of course I do. Trent Alexander-Arnold, mm. right fullback for Liverpool. Yeah. Magnificent distributor of the ball. Crosser, through balls. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Questionable as a defender of a right back. Um, okay, let me try. Am I going to yeah, frame this question? Word this? Well, is all right. Is he worth? And this is a yes/no, which isn't a great way to answer questions. It could be a yes/no answer, but is he worth the defensive travails to have his attacking prowess at right back in a back four? And give me a reason for your answer. And any answer is yes. okay, by the no, way. No, yeah? yes, as long as the the. Issues you've got with him playing like he does accommodated by the rest of the team. And last season that wasn't the case. Uh, the season before they went, they were they were brilliant. It, yeah, was. it was, the case. but it, yeah. but then he changed. So you can't have everything. You've got you, whatever. You, it's eleven v eleven, Rob. You know that all over the pitch. Eleven v eleven. Somewhere, if you've got an extra man or someone who's creating a load of stuff and a load of good stuff, there'll be a gap somewhere else. Or there'll be if he's doing right. this, he won't be doing this. So you've got to accommodate him. And, and when he play, when he plays and he and he wanders into that little in front of the centre halves and be and the floor maker yeah. uh, the playmaker then you go well who's going to then play right back I mean right side is centre back going to go over there like Man City do and they play that kind of three morphed three with yep. whoever's going Stones Slide was over. going in there or a Kanji goes in mm. so you've got to, you've got to be able to come out. I I don't think that Liverpool have done that particularly well trying to fit him into that. Do you think Jordan Henderson did a great job two or three years previously? He, fit, he fitted in there and did all that. What you're talking about. Yeah, and, and I know you always like to talk about the midfield players because you, you, know, you look at them and you analyse them and he was the one that was... That filled that, in. That he was the one. And, and then as his legs started to go and he wasn't quite in the team as much, then you start to get issues in that area. And I, I think right. their, pro, their midfield has been their problem that, mm. that Trent has paid the price for. So you like... so so. I'm a little surprised, but you, you, you like him there, 
and you you would you would try and organize a team around playing him in that position and and the gap that sometimes he leaves instead of saying to me you know what Robbie Liverpool go, get a proper a normal right back Robert. play him in midfield or outside no, no, or no. as a wing back no I, you still I would, like him I'd, as a fullback no I still no I still want Liverpool to play with a fullback but if you're saying to me that Trent's going to be in the team then do you accommodate his brilliance by playing him in a slightly to. different mm. and how do you work the problem out elsewhere? Mm. I go, if he's going to be in the team, then you, you can't play him as a right back. You have to play as an adapted right back and then that causes other issues. So if you said to me, he's going to just play right back, they, they haven't got the midfield players to come, like you said, like mm. they haven't got a Jordan Henderson to do what he's, to, help him to out. fill him out. Mm. So until they do that, then you kind of play him in a morphed position or don't play him. But they're always going to play him because he... He sets up 20 goals a season. He does. does. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, let's move on to uh, our next game. Uh, it's a mm. Sunday game. Everton nil, Arsenal 1. 1-0 to the Arsenal. We like that. And, and, and Dicko suddenly livened up a little bit. Oui. Uh, Leandro Trossard scored in the 69th minute. Um... Yeah, it was kind of a slow burner. Mm. Everton super defensive, you know, and I get it. I get it. I guess they remained in the game, Dicko, till the end, right? Nil, nil, one, nil. They're kind of in the game for, for points yeah. or a point. Um, we can maybe chat that maybe after we speak Arsenal, though. But how much was it a mature performance? How pleasing was it that it was a little ugly and it was a little difficult? Arsenal were rugged and tough, and, and Arsenal, have, and like the others, had players come back after international duty. Um, was it was it one of them where you're like that's such a good three points even mm. though it didn't look that good it, it's a really good win. Well, it looked like they enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed watching it because we've all played in games like that and we've all drew them and we've all lost them. Yeah, all scenarios. And yeah. the sign the, the sign of a good side that is is going to do something in this league. Yeah. consistently you've got to go into a game like that and you've got to make sure that you come out and you win the game. And 1-0 to, to the Arsenal is not a coincidence. You know, it, it's it's something we built success over is making sure you don't get beat, but scoring, you know, once you get 1-0 up, That's you it. know, you, you play in a certain way and you grind it out and you have to do that. And I think it'll be, when he looks back over the, next, over the first 10 games of the season when that's up, as a manager, maybe blocks of 10, you look at them and go, right, right, or blocks of nine. What, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? And that will stand out like a, a beacon to go, wow, that was tough. Because if 4-1-4-1 Everton didn't want to score, didn't want to try and do anything, mm. S- scary, scary football, we're all fearful, we've lost two at home, we've now lost three at home, we haven't scored a goal, in massive trouble. But, they were going for a point and to grab a point against Arsenal, Sean Dyche would have been jumping through hoops. Mm. So it's difficult. They yep. sat right behind the ball. The, the slow football to play against that system's really difficult to break down, but they did it. So well done to them and churn another one out next week. In fact, no, next week, go and batter Tottenham <laughs> 4-0 and then we'll see where we, we get at. to. But yeah. but yeah, it was quite enjoyable. I think a couple of things in it, and, and again, we can, there's so many things we can, angles we can go down, but I do want to ask you about two things in the Arsenal side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if, if basically from what happened today <coughs> in terms of team selection. Um, we'll get to Kai Havertz, but I want to get to David Raya and the decision by Mikel Arteta to play him instead of Aaron Ramsdale. And when we got the news, we're like, wow, I mean, we know that the two of them are there and we've heard him Mikel Arteta before say, you know, I want two players for every position. He keeps mm. saying it. He said it again today in yeah. the interviews around the game. Um, but it still felt, oh, wow. 
is Rams is this okay with Ramsdale? Is this a temporary thing? Is this giving him minute games a minute or a game before the Champions League? Um, where do you stand on this decision to bring in David Raya? He's on loan with a view to a signing, so they're not committed to buying, which I think is really good for Arsenal. Really good. Have a great, great look at him. Is mm. he, does he, is he, do you think he's better than Ramsdale? Do, do you like the policy what Arteta's done here, or is this an odd one, a weird one, and they could have strengthened in another area instead? It is it is weird to me, and I think it's a bit... Uh, I don't want to um, be disrespectful here, but I think it's a bit pep like it is it's a sort of thing that it's a sort of decision pep might do in a in a kind of when he does one of those decisions you go wow what's he done there what's he thinking yeah. what's he thinking there and i think arteta is he's obviously learned off him a lot of things he, he was with him for quite a few years and his first managerial job he's now one of the biggest clubs in the world at arsenal and he's and he's he's a thinking man's coach manager yeah. he's always trying to tweak things in his mind we've been playing party at Right yeah, back, yeah. but it's a thing, really like, doesn't work. Maybe yeah. At times, yeah, and I think sometimes maybe overthink. <coughs> this might be one of those occasions where he's gone. I need two goalies because, you know, Man City haven't got two goalies. They don't rotate the goalkeepers. He's just maybe going a little bit into his mm. pep feeling of oh, I'm going to do something different here. I'm going to just be careful. I, I always say with goalkeepers, you have to be careful that you don't. I know. I know for a fact that. Ramsdale won't, you know, say, is he all right with that? Yeah, I'm going to fight absolutely for his place. Deep not. down, he deep down, every game. He's, a, he's absolutely furious. Yeah. I can guarantee yeah. he'll be Why absolutely fuming. Mm. I know him, I've played golf with him a few times at events and I've talked to him about the game and hugely passionate, very confident in his own ability like most goalkeepers are because it's that type of position. Um, he will be... And he's lit. been good, Dicker. He's he been good. He hasn't made one mistake, through. has he? I no, seen like very percent. little, very little. And, and all of a sudden, like, he's got this competition. It's going to put him on his edge. Does he play the game differently? Does he worry about making one mistake because it could change? I don't know. He hasn't made a mistake in the last few games, and yet he's out the side. I just wonder for the next game, the next game, what's he going to do? I'm, I'll tell you what I think he's going to do. I think he's going to play Ramsdale. Yeah. If he doesn't play Ramsdale in the Champions League game, does that mean that, that Ryan now is going to no, have a few? Have a yeah. few. You have four or five now. He's had five. You have four or five. That's and then go back to him to have five. Dangerous, that. That's never, we've never seen that before. No. And the thing is with goalies as well, if say I'm playing not very good at right back and the winger's getting the better of me every, you know, every week, I'm in a bit of bad form and he goes, right. Lee, I'm going to leave you out for a bit and somebody else goes in. And you go, all right, well, you know, you, say you go in for my place and you do a really good job, but ultimately I'm the right back. And I go, because most teams have got their set 11 that goes, He's the first choice number two. He's a fo- he's the first choice left yeah. back. Pep swaps it around a bit, but in general, you know the left back for like Everton's going to be or more or less. And yeah. and, it, and if he's in form, he'll be, he'll be right. playing. With goalkeepers, if 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 Raya gets in now, which he's in, and he goes right, you're going to stay in now till you make a mistake. You might not make a mistake because goalies at that level don't make that many mistakes. The goals go in, but it's not always their fault. And I, you, you look at it and go, I don't think you can do that with goalkeepers. It's a specialised position. You can get a right-back playing centre-half. You can get a centre-half playing right-back. You can't get a centre-half playing uh, goalkeeper. Yeah, he's trying to make it sound like, just like every other position. Every other and position, it's not. I want my, my players on their toes, all of them, to know that there's other players to come in. I don't know. Um, it, it's an odd one to me as well. I'm with you on that. And, yeah. But we'll see. I mean, the Champions League game midweek is going to be fascinating who plays and how he's going to manage these two. The other one I want to ask you about is Kai Havertz, uh, Lee. Yeah. Um, I was like, what, why? And he's in, is this, is this kind of the overthinking situation where mm. everybody thinks, you know, everybody can't well understand why I'm buying Kai Havertz, but I feel I can get the best out of him in a position. Now, we did have a conference call um, with Edu and Mikel Arteta, Lee, pre-season. Fascinating. Yeah. The first thing I asked uh, Arteta, I said, well, why? Yeah. You know, it raised eyebrows. Like, and, and he just felt like, is that position in midfield yeah. where Granit Xhaka played, he thought that was a really great position for him, for this team to, to be, to have more quality, more depth, <coughs> more youth, everything else. Mm. It's been a, a slow start from, from Kai Havertz. What's your feeling on, uh, on the German? I was the same with you. I was like, why have we signed? Why are we signing him? And I was kind of going... He's like, maybe he's smarter than us. Like, maybe yeah. Arteta's smarter no, than us. No, he definitely probably is. Yeah. But I was looking at it and I was going, not sure. And all the fans, all people like, I know are Arsenal fans, what are we signing him for? And I was like, right, I'm going to go the other way here and I'm going to go... I do, I do actually quite like him when he plays well. Mm. So I go, I'm going to stick up for him. Here. I go, do you know what? Just, just 
he's going to be a slow burner. <laughs> and I'm, I just hope he, covering all bases. I just hope he quickens up with his burning because he, <laughs> he needs to get me out of trouble a little bit. But so I'm going to stick with him, Rob, for okay. a bit, and I just yeah. go. Yeah, let's, let's just keep smarter people than me have have paid a lot of money yeah. for him. You know, I just give him a. Yeah, I'll give him a bit more of a of a I chance. Okay. I don't want to make my mind up just yet. Um, Okay, other games, mate. Let's just whip around. There's mm-hmm. one game here that, that's just looking at the remaining games here. Of course, Aston Villa 3, Crystal Palace 1. Um, but I'm going to talk about the next game here. Bournemouth 0, Chelsea 0. Oh, and that was another game. It was the, uh, the first game on this Sunday morning. Um, it, it was a bit, of a, a bit of a frustrating game to watch. We watched the first half, Lee, and the, and the halftime kind of hit that we did was like, wow, Bournemouth are... <laughs> incredibly stretched here mm. and, and Chelsea had so much opportunity to find space to get turned to do all the things that you want to do to yeah. build the play into the final third the final third is where they are so obviously lacking right now yeah. God there's so many ways to go about this league just, let's just stick on that for now given the opportunities that they had and the situations that they had why why didn't Chelsea score multiple goals maybe in that first half Uh well, you look at Jackson. He looks like he's Jackson. Looks like he's got he's devoid of all um, confidence in front of goal. He, he he makes some. I was watching him in the game, playing on the shoulder, yeah, and he makes some yeah. good little runs, you know. Runs, yeah. And I was like, yeah. and I think that's why it catches your eye when you first see him play. When he first got into the Chelsea side at the start of the season, you went, oh, hang on, he's got a bit like here. That. Like, we, yeah. I think with Simmer, we love players, strikers. They make these runs yeah. in behind. Stretch defenders, little, get on the behind. shoulder, come yeah. and then just little spins down the side of the box, get in the box with the ball, never a bad thing. You know, if you can do that, you've got half a chance. Mm. And he, he gets in those positions, but then what happens after that? Some of his shooting today, mm. it was just, I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, that's not, he was like League Two. Yeah. And, and that's, that's has to be, he can't be a finish, he, that can't be his finishing because he wouldn't ever get a chance to play at that level. So there's a huge lack of confidence. It doesn't help playing in a side that is, you know, what are they now, 14, 15? Yeah, five it? points from five games. I mean, it's just... I, I think this is going to be, I've said it on this, well, I've said it right well, for the last few weeks, I can't see, a, 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 I can't see a, a team that's going to regularly score goals, multiple goals. No. I just don't see it, no. unless he finds a way... I mean, the five at the back, and it's a little bit tweaked with Mudrick playing as a wing-back instead of Chua. So that's a that's a slight turn-up of the attacking dial in terms of who the wing-back is. Well, that's not an excuse for that's that not performance, enough. is it? No. I mean, I, I think you've got three centre-backs, it's got to be two. Yeah. Got to go to two and play an, an, a well, normal back four you, you with Chua out, and then another attacking player. Th- I don't think you can play th- uh, two centre-backs with Silver in the side. You know, I don't think he's it's got the legs to be able to. I think the cover is there for him. Um, so what do you do? Do you drop him out of it? Are the two good enough without him? Well, Dizazi and, and Colwell, which you which you'd worry about with uh, Fafana being injured right now, Vadishio yeah. being injured, Chalaba being injured. I mean, I, you know, what do you think, Lee, about this whole um, the whole policy, the philosophy of going out and it's ripping just, it all up and buying? It's just madness. Of, Absolute I've madness. Seen, I've never seen it. I've never seen uh, that many players go on eight-year contracts in order to. They're not proven. No. And been given millions and millions of pounds over a period of a long time to actually go right. We've got all the FFP sorted out now, so that's that sorted out. They're not good enough, Rob. It's quite simple. You go, well, hang on, they're not proven. So how you've got to now go into the team that's losing and only got five points to prove yourself to the new manager that you can play at this level regularly and churn out results playing for one of the biggest clubs in world football. It is madness. Yeah. You know, we, we all know what we feel about Mauricio Pochettino, mm. Lee, and great manager. Really, and I ain't changing my opinion on this, was the right guy at this time to come in and try and do this. Yeah. But I just wonder if the job, the squad, is is so difficult to try and mould into a team right now that yeah. even for him, this is going to be incredibly I'd difficult. Have, it'd, have been, it'd have been a brilliant podcast to sit him down before he took the job and he was thinking about taking it and having the conversations he's had with the club and going what have they said to you and what have you seen that you go I can do this because if he looks at that bunch of players is he looking at that bunch of players and going I can make a team out of this or is he going as he said to him I need to get rid of all this how are you going to get rid of players on eight year contracts on millions no. they're not going to move no. they'll just I'll stay here I'm, I'm, because maybe players the th- don't necessarily want to play anymore maybe the theory is that they're young enough that they'll they'll 
um, you know, others will come in for them because of potential. And also that the wages, I think, for some of these guys wasn't as astronomical as some of the more experienced players, the proven players are, mm. that that might be part of the model of, let's take them, if they're not working out, we'll move them on because their wages aren't huge for others to take on. Well, there's about 30 of them. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to move, do a lot of moving. Yeah. So another, another frustrating day for, for Chelsea. I mean, again, let's just wrap it up now, Lee, uh, just around the last few games. I'll just run through them and add just any comment you'd like about them. Fulham 1-0 versus, versus Luton Town. Uh, good win, important one for Fulham. It's Vinicius that came off the bench to win that game. Newcastle United with an important victory, yeah. Lee. We know the yeah. Champions League starting next week. It was uh, Callum Wilson with a penalty against Brentford. And I think that is your lot. I said, did I mention Aston Villa 3, Crystal Palace 1? And there's so much talk about all the games, but we can't, unfortunately, get around to all of them. But I feel like this has been a, a conversation with Lee Dixon. I've been miles better than Rob, haven't I? I, I it's been fun. <laughs> Be careful what I say. <laughs> Be careful what I say. No, it's been uh, non-committal. Quite, I, I appreciate it, mate. It's been fascinating working in the studio with you. Yeah, it's it really been good fun, been. yeah. And I um, appreciate giving the time after a long saying they come on to our uh, The Two Robbies podcast. So thanks My pleasure. Thanks much. for having me. Okay, so the next episode of the Two Robbies podcast is on Sunday, September 24th, and we'll be recapping the match week six of this amazing Premier League. Until then, it's good night from me. And it's good night from him. Good night. Good night. <laughs> I went a bit early then. <laughs> the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.